are listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. Join him as he and his guests discover how businesses thrive in California. Well, welcome to The Pilgrim on the 405. On this wonderful day here in Southern California, we, we've got a great conversation ahead of us with Mark Williams, the CEO and founder of Brokers International. And right now he is off the coast in South Carolina, right, Mark? Actually, Georgia, but yep, pretty oh, close to South Carolina. You bet. I can see it from there. All right. Well, uh, tell us, tell us, Mark, about Brokers International and and how this new world of uh, Zoom info and Slack and all this things that we are calling remote, but are soon going to be just the way we do business. You bet. So Brokers International, we are uh, an insurance brokerage company. We work with over 5,000 independent financial professionals nationwide that represent over 100 insurance carriers, both life insurance and annuity companies. And we assist those financial professionals in providing solutions to consumers who have concerns about financial topics. And so that's what we do. And in the last 15 or 16 months, we have seen a huge transition from working face-to-face to to working over electronic means, obviously. And that has really changed the landscape of how people prospect, how people speak to their consumers, how uh, current clients can reach their financial professional and get answers and solutions. So it really has changed the landscape of individual financial planning. Well, so talk to me a little bit about what what has changed. What specifically has changed now that we, you know, we can so easily push a button and speak to somebody worldwide? You bet. So first I'll talk from the consumer end. Um, Imagine the ability to meet with your financial professional on a regular basis without getting in your car and sitting on the 405, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. You can now set an appointment with a financial professional and view them as if you're in the office, really from the comfort of your home and in the comfort of your own dress. So that's probably the best possible scenario. But now imagine you're a snowbird and you take vacation five or six months or you live in a summer, uh, summer home or a winter home five or six months of the year. You can still stay connected to the person that you get financial advice from, again, without visiting face to face. So from the consumer's aspect, We have just now introduced a new door to that financial professional's business, another way to do business with them. For the financial professional, COVID really has changed the ability to work with someone over this type of medium. About 85 to 90% of the companies we do business with prior to 2020 did not have an electronic application, for example. They were still doing business on a paper app. Flash forward 15 months later, 16 months later, 99.9% of the businesses that we do business with allow a financial professional to take an application with a consumer electronically. So I now have the ability to actually transact business via these means, as opposed to being face-to-face or in the state in which my consumer or my prospect lives just made um, just transacting business so much easier and quite frankly, really caught up to the times. Yeah. And, and it seems to me that, that one of the things we're hearing about solar wind and, and the colonial pipeline, all these major uh, snafus through, uh, you know, cyber attacks 
that we had the same thing when we were starting off with with telephones and uh, telegraphs and how do we avoid fraud and we had we learned how to do that right you bet um there's we always have concerns with especially in the financial services world because the information we're dealing with is very sensitive information mm -hmm. um if i think about a life insurance application it has more about an individual than probably any other application that you would ever fill out. Your, your demographic information, your medical history, your financial information, there's a lot there. And we've always been very careful about protecting that information. And that has become even more important in today's world. Since we're passing that information electronically, it's being stored electronically. And the pros to that is we have the ability to access it from anywhere. The cons are we really do have to build an infrastructure that, that keeps that information safe. Yeah. And we really have done that. And, and the industry has done a fantastic job of keeping that information safe for the consumers and for the financial professionals. And we're learning how to do it better. You bet. We are seeing more and more tools and more integration. Um, you know, if you're an Apple user, you've seen how Apple has integrated, you know, their, their whole format is the ease and integration of, of information. We're mm -hmm. seeing that in almost every aspect of financial services business, the ability to see my accounts online, to get a, an aggregated statement of everything that I own through a financial professional in real time for me to get an alert from a company like a LifeLock or something like that. Um, if someone were to tap into my bank account, I get an email or a text alert immediately. So these mm -hmm. tools really in my opinion, have created a huge benefit and are doing a great service to consumers, um, really through the use of technology. So, so what has this done to your imagination about your business when, you know, what, what seems to me to be true is when you are on Zoom, you are global. 100%. Right? I mean, it's it just a matter of who you sent the invitation to. It could be in Germany. It could be in Japan. It could be in South Africa. And, and increasingly, it could be, uh, you know, uh, a, an African in a small village who has a cell phone. You bet. In fact, there are several new mediums uh, that I'm paying attention to um, that offer live conversations, for example, with people throughout the world at the same exact time. So much like watching a podcast, which, are, you know, or listening to a podcast that might come out once a week, this is an actual live conversation that you can join based on topic and listen to people worldwide speak on a topic of interest and you just listen in. It's an amazing, we are connecting people across the globe in real time. It's almost, it's almost too good to be true. It's almost the, the Dick Tracy science fiction. Well, I mean, it's 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 the kind of world that we well. When you mention the science fiction, it's the kind of world we imagined would happen, but we didn't think so. We thought it was fiction. We called it science fiction because it was almost impossible. But now, in a real sense, it is there, and we have to catch up to it. Right? You, you bet. In the financial world, there are things that are happening. Um, uh, due to the technology and the advancement of technology, and I'll give you a few examples. So um, uh, when 
when you're looking at doing something financially, most financial professionals will ask about your risk profile, right? So how, how comfortable are you taking risks, um, exposing your money to risk? Well, now with the new technology and new tools, we can simulate so many different scenarios about your specific financial situation. I can tie in your feelings about risk to how your money works in different vehicles. And you can now actually see, based on the choices you'll make with your financial professional, how much or how little some of those uh, decisions you make could affect your income or what you're leaving to family members in the future, all through this simulated technology. And it really is fantastic and, quite frankly, mind-blowing. Yeah, all right. So let me... Let me uh... Let's take this to a, a little different place because for me, when I think of when I think of uh, resources, I think of I think of um, time, I think of uh, energy, and I think of money. Right. Yep. So time, resources, and money, and that that energy part of resources. So so we have more time than we had before covid is that fair that's fair i mean uh, i i can have i can have eight meetings uh in a day with no commuting at all correct right now that time i could put that time to just doing more of the same or i could do what i did before and have time on my hands to do the things that are i'm passionate about is that fair you bet 100% so we have more time, we have more resources, more energy possible because of technology, all right, then money is there. Now, now what I'm wondering is where in your world, Brokers International, people who are advising people on money, where do they say, how are you finding meaning in your life? Where are you... Uh, uh, excited about solving major problems in the world? Where are you collaborating with other people around the world or larger than your own city? Where is that happening? Interesting concept. So I, I think it is happening more and more online. I think one of the one of the benefits of the online community that has brought the world a little closer is exactly that, the things that I'm interested in. Number one, it's much easier for me to find more people like me or that have an interest in what I have. That's number one. So if I am a bird watcher and I live in a small community and there's not a lot of bird watchers, I can now be connected to millions of bird watchers throughout the world. That's a small example. So let's think about our finances. If I have questions or concerns or maybe I, I live with a special needs son, right, and I need help or I need resources. What, what used to be very limited because it was limited by geography, we've now lost those borders. And now I have the ability to reach out to like-minded individuals um, and get an audience, get questions answered, find resources I might not have known before, simply because of the technology that we have in front of us. Philanthropy is another great example, right? People that are doing well financially and have the ability to offer others um, a little bit of that resource. Now you can expand your philanthropy or your interests 
into either greater interests or find more people that express those same interests because of the formats that we have today. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. Well, and, and what I'm also interested in seeing is, is how people with the time that they have and the resources that they have can begin to be encouraged to imagine, use the same kind of abilities that they've used in this limited world that we're leaving, and, and it can use that imagination and collaboration to solve some of these major issues that we have in the world, because now we have the time and the resources, and maybe we have the money, but I don't think it's always money. I've never thought that the problem was price. I would 100% agree. And there's, um, again, I'll go back to some altruistic ideas. Um, water in places that don't have water. Um, mm -hmm. We're solving, um, uh, you know, the United States has plenty of food. How do we get food to other parts of the world that don't? Because food isn't the issue. We have the food. Um, right. How do we solve things like that? That's from the philanthropic standpoint, philanthropic standpoint, from the, your own personal financial services. Um, again, I'm in the financial services business, and uh, because of the time that people are allotted now and the resource, it does provide you an opportunity to do a little more research, to find a few more answers or solutions. If the old solution used to be, I'll do one of these four things, now you might realize there's eight things you could possibly do, or 10 or 12, mm -hmm. and you didn't have access to that before, and now you do. So the ability to get advice or to learn about a topic that you might have a small interest in has now expanded again because you have more time. Um, we deal with employees who talk to us. We have 117 employees. And one of the topics of late is that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Going back to being in the office full-time um, is not an option for some people anymore. They want the ability to work from home, to spend more time and less time commuting. And we are actually offering that to people. And But our expectation, quite frankly, Will, is to Yes, we should see an increase in productivity because now you do have the ability to work a little bit more and commute less, or you do have access to information you didn't have before. And we are starting to see the fruits of that by providing you a little bit more of what you want. We are getting a little bit more of what we need back in return. Well, what I would push it even further to being able, being able to get to the place where Everybody gets to do what they love doing. Now, that might be a big shuffle, might be some people moving around. But if that becomes, I mean, now I, I you know, I'm an uh, implementer for EOS. If, I don't know if you know of EOS, do you? Sure do. We have been on EOS for the past three years, three and a half years. So love it. All right. So I'm going to push you even further because the language is you only are permitted to do the things you love doing. Because that's the EOS life. Number one, you only do the things you love doing. So it's not a matter of this trade-off. We'll give you what you want. You give us what we want. It's here's what we're going, where we're going. What part of that do you want to be part of? Then, you know, we only do what we love doing. We only do that with people we love doing it with. You bet. And, and then, then secondly, we're making a major contribution, and that's what I really am interested in, is major contribution could be in increasing uh, family generational wealth, 
It could be also in encouraging people to be more imaginative about how they use the things that, that you know, their God-given talents. How, how do they find, how do they use those things that they love doing? You bet. So doing what you love with people that you love, making a great contribution, being compensated appropriately, which is not always money. Correct. And then finally, having plenty of time for passions, those passions that you have could be family, could be all of the other things that you're excited about. Now, running on EOS, that's where, now, didn't you say you had like 1,500 brokers out there? Uh, Close to 45, actually close to 5,000, you bet. 5,000. All right. So how, uh, I'm curious now, how are you uh, finding out where those people are on, you know, scale of one to 10 for every one of them, these five things, where are they? Are you, are you looking at that? That's a great question. And one of the things I love about EOS is it builds upon your core values. So all of the things that you mentioned, um, can and should be part of the, uh, of your core values, the things that you and your corporation or your business or your home the thing that the most important tenets of, of, of what you believe in should be those core mm-hmm. values. One of ours is the voice of the customer. We mm-hmm. want to make sure that we are continually receiving the voice of the customer in a systematic way. So much to your point, we do survey a fraction of those 4,500, a different fraction of them on a regular basis. About every quarter, we send out um, surveys and information literally asking our customers exactly those things. Um, are you, where are you on doing the things you love? Are you spending, an, uh, do you have the time with your family that you have? Are we providing the, the opportunities for you to make your life easier and your business life easier? We are literally asking those questions of our customers so that we can, number one, make sure we're providing better service, but more importantly, the better the service I provide, the more opportunity I am giving you, my customer, the more time and resource for yourself. So let me challenge you. Now, you may be already doing this, but let me challenge you. Those customers that you have, you got 5,000, what? The typical average is what? How many? 100 customers? What, what would be the average for each of those 5,000? Yeah, I would say in a given year, they're selling one to two policies a week. So yeah, probably about 80 to 100 new customers a year. So 5,000 times 100 is? A lot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Now, all right, so I'm curious. I wonder what it would be like for you to get video conversations recorded asking those people, what are you doing to make the world a better place because of what we have helped you to do? That would be fantastic um, because what I believe most of our financial professionals are doing is providing customers with peace of mind. When, and when you think about the ability to provide peace of mind, what that ultimately provides the customer is endless endless time, resource, comfortableness. I agree. And that would be a fantastic, fantastic exercise. Well, I mean, I think peace of mind is important. All right. Peace of mind is important. 
if all we had for the next 30 years is is everybody having peace of mind, we would have a problem. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, it might uh, it might diminish motivation. <laughs> well, well I mean, it, if you if you think about if you think about, for instance, when you we talked about water. All right, so my peace of mind was disturbed about four months ago, five months ago, uh, in the process of handing out food, which I do uh, every Thursday at a little place called St. Michael's uh, in Riverside. It's a, it's an Episcopal church. And, you know, with this farm to, to table program that the USDA had, we were giving out a ton of food, literally a ton, 200, a hundred boxes of that 22 pounds each to a hundred families, you know, they'd drive up and we would put the box. And it was a group of people who were dedicated to do that. Well, one of them came up to me, was a, a, a an Apache native came to me and said, uh, Will, do you know that there are many houses on the Navajo reservation that do not have running water? All right. Now, he disturbed my peace of mind. Right? For sure. All right. All right. So what that meant to me was, okay, now I can use my time, resources, and money to go and look what could be done? And I called up a friend who digs wells in Uganda, and I'd helped him, you know, raise money for that. And he said, yes, I know about that, but I'm working in Uganda. So I began to do a little research using the technology that we have, uh, dug around, found out this place in L.A. called Dig Deep has a, play, a program called the Navajo Water Project. Wow. Well, of course, it's easy to give 100 bucks a month to Navajo Water Project, but I, that did not give me my peace of mind back. And so I began to dig around to find out that they had, through their imagination, recognized that what they needed to do, because these houses are so so far apart from each other, they needed to come up with a fiberglass cistern that they could put into the ground. And then they had to put in uh, you know connection to the house with a pump. And because there's no electricity, they had to put on solar panels at the top on these houses. And then they had to come up with a system of bringing the water around in these big trucks periodically. They're solving the problem. Yep. And, and to me, that is so exciting to find people who are using what they learned in business or any other of their professions. And now they begin to apply that to solving problems. Now, so that's my challenge to you is encouraging those 5,000 brokers that you have to disturb their peace of mind, to challenge them because now, now I don't know, but, but my sense of human beings is there's no such thing as retirement. There's either what's my next great project that turns <laughs> me on or death. Yes, agreed. And 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 it just seems to me that those five thousand brokers have an excellent opportunity to start sharing what people have done with the the resources, the time, resources, and and uh, and money that you through your work has helped them put together. And here's the most exciting thing is, and just start documenting that and sharing it because. 
you've got 500,000 people out there who could make a huge difference in the world. I agree. It's a, that's a, that's a wonderful concept and a wonderful idea. And when you really think about what those 5,000 financial professionals do is they, they listen to the needs, wants, dreams, and aspirations of their customers. And to some extent, they try to help solve some of those issues, but it would be wonderful to know as they help solve those consumer issues, what do, do the consumers do once they have some of those solved? It would be a one, it would be a wonderful, it would be a wonderful medium and even greater. The technology allows us to do that relatively simply and quite frankly, almost at no cost. You bet. Oh my goodness. Right now we're doing it, right? Correct. We're doing that because this is recorded. It can be edited or unedited, but it it could be pieces taken. But to me, you have such a powerful network there to simply pick it up and say, you want, yes, you can have peace of mind and you can probably have a lot of fun putting that little white ball into all those holes out there. (laughs) And that's fun. At the same time, let us show you what excitement is and what the real possibilities are for serving. Agreed. And 100%. solving those problems. So that would be wonderful. That's exciting. That is very exciting. You bet. Thanks for the idea. And I think uh, uh, we'll turn our marketing department on. That could serve several purposes for us. Number one, just serving the greater good. But two, it would provide a fantastic uh, marketing ability for the for the industry as a whole about the things that we do and the things that derive from the things that we do. Uh, It's almost like a teacher. You teach enough kids, those kids go on to do great things. Wouldn't it be great to see what those kids do with what you taught? So I love the idea. Absolutely. I mean, and who wouldn't want to work with one of your 5,000 brokers when they saw that? You bet. Talk about solving problems. This is what we do in our community. You know, this is what we do. We don't sit around and rust. We sit around and, you know, if eventually we'll burn out, but we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. Love it. Fantastic idea. Super. Listen, let's, let's, uh, let's take a break here and hear from our sponsor and then come back and let's hear more about what's going on in your world with this new possibility that we have. Traction Tools is the EOS software for visual collaborative problem solvers like you. Built to manage each key component of your business, including vision and traction, data, people, meetings, and even process. The new digital whiteboard helps you illustrate, communicate, and work together throughout the decision-making process. And our new document drive makes file sharing even easier. So, if you want to save time and reduce repetitive tasks with easy automations you really should take a look at Traction Tools and their EOS software. Sign up for a 30-day free trial at MyTractionTools.com. That's MyTractionTools.com. And now back to our show. All right, Mark. So uh, so let's talk about what you see as, as uh, issues up ahead of us. Um, I hear people kind of talking about, hinting about using words like, well, we're going to return to normal. And I don't know what returning to normal means because I don't think we're going to go back to 
uh, you know, pre-March 2020. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't believe that we are going to go back 100% either. However, one of the challenges I can foresee is, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, is the implications of a remote workforce, Mm -hmm. right? So if we were to talk short-term and long-term, in the short-term, I think we're going to see some interesting developments in commercial real estate, for example. Um, There are some major corporations that are allowing very large numbers of employees to work from home. Mm -hmm. Um, That um, I don't think will change Quickly, I think we're on that path. What will be interesting to see is if the productivity levels of those companies remain constant, meaning remain at the levels in which they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens with all of that um, empty commercial real estate? Um, we are allowing uh, uh, about 85% of our employees to work remotely several days a week. So we have our own decisions to make on our own building. So it'll be interesting to see. And so it will be interesting to see as people work less in an office, how does that change just our general dynamics? Do we eat out more? Do we eat out less? Do people feel more lonely? Do they feel more connected to their family? Are we producing as a country at the levels we produced pre-COVID? I think these are all things that are going to have to flush out over time. But I would agree with you. I think we have set the standard for a new normal. Meetings like this, where you and I are on the phone or face-to-face via video. I don't think we can turn that off. That's out. We'll always do that. Um, Doctor's visits, which are now done visually like this. Um, Even training to some extent, or I would argue classes, where uh, traditionally people were used to being in a classroom. Could this potentially change the way we view a university setting? where more classes are offered online as, as an option. Um, it will be interesting to see, and I, I think we are rewriting normal. And with the pace of change, I'm not sure we ever go back to seeing what normal is. I, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we've had ma- major shifts in, in culture before. I mean, we talk about the, the role of the printing press in you know, the Reformation, uh, as well as just changing the whole world. We talked about, my goodness, what was what was the effect of the telegraph and the you telephone? Bet. Right. And, and, and so uh, there's something there that's happening. And, and I, you know, the the world is calling it a hybrid that, yes, there are times when we get together, but we don't need to get together as often as we did before. Uh, I've heard some people say, well, you know, you can't really see the, the, uh, uh, body language of people on zoom. I don't think that's true. Do you No, on zoom? I can, as long as I'm connected and I'm watching you, I think it's almost as effective as being face to face. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's even more effective because, because there's something about it that focuses me on the visual and the auditory part. It's not as kinesthetic. Agreed. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm very comfortable physically right now. I mean, I am in a comfortable place. Uh, and, and I didn't realize that before. I didn't realize how, how, um, how uh, what would I say, uh, how inhospitable my office was. <laughs> Right. Yep. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't the place that I was going to pull out a, a, a glass of scotch or smoke a cigar. Yep. 
it wasn't the place that I was going to go and to be comfortable. It was a place to work. Yes. And, and what I discovered was this is a place where I'm comfortable. This is a place where I paint when I'm, you know, when I have time. This is a place where I listen to music. This is a place where I talk to my wife. This is this is a place where I talk to you. And all of a sudden, that becomes a whole more, a much fuller, a richer experience. So I'll challenge you on if you were to spend an inordinate amount of time in that home office, would you at some point in time feel the desire and need to connect that's greater than it was yesterday? Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. And that's why I think it's a hybrid. It's a, yep. it's a both and. What, what we've done is we've opened up this whole new world that we didn't even have before. I mean, for 18 years, uh, I, I trained people uh, and it started off with, you know, a small amount of training online. And it, over those 18 years, it got more and more. And, and so I was comfortable with the, with the technology and the techniques uh, in March last year. But I, I didn't live in that world. It was, it was a special kind of place. Yep. Now, what I'm finding is there are more and more people who are actually living in this world. And, and not making the best of it, but really finding an, an, an incredible, rich experience. Agree. And I think that change always leads to change. And what I mean by that is, uh, and another prime example, we will soon be teaching people how to manage effectively remotely, right? So uh, if, I, if I am in a corporation and I have managers that have teams, and now those teams work remotely, either on occasion or full-time, and I'm still responsible for overseeing those people, that is going to create all kinds of opportunities for all kinds of people to not only teach new skills, but those that need to learn new skills. Um, So that change is going to provide even more opportunities and more change in the future. So again, back to your premise of that new normal, that change is going to create us new change. And you and I might be communicating in a manner that we don't even see or know of today. That right. Right. You bet. Well, and, and I'll offer you a resource. Uh, uh, Kevin Eikenberry just published a book called The Long Distance Teammate. Yep. Stay engaged and connected while working everywhere, anywhere. Interesting and, and, that and, you mentioned yeah. Kevin. I was just on his podcast about a month ago. So e- excellent, excellent resource. Yes. Well, absolutely. I was just on a, on a, on a meeting with, uh, uh, with, with Robert White, and, and we were talking about, uh, about um, uh, a podcast that we had with, with, uh, that we listened to that, that Kevin was on. And, and, and what, what he, what he talked about was so, it resonated so much with EOS talking about how in this new world, people are going to be much more aware of what they love doing. You bet. And, and, and there, you know, that when we started, one of my clients, um, one of my clients said to me, um, I, you know, I don't know with this, this whole world of, uh, this whole world of remote, uh, remote work. Uh, 
I don't know that I can control them. I don't know that they're going to be productive. And, and you know what shifted in his mind over the last six months was the notion of how much time did you spend in your seat in the office to how much of the tasks that you said you would do did you get done? Yep. And so we're moving from a time-oriented mentality to a much more entrepreneurial mentality of what did you get done? And not only that, I think to add to that, we are adding, um, there's an inherent trust factor that I think was missing that we're now providing. If I am allowing you, and I use the term allow, that sounds harsh, but if, if your role now is at home and your productivity is meant to be the same, if not better, I now have to trust that you're doing the work. And that sends a much, in my opinion, much healthier feeling to my downline, to, to those that work for me, than me walking by the desk every so often or me overseeing, quote unquote, the work. It does provide a more uh, a, a comfortableness. You had mentioned it. Now you're in an environment where you're comfortable. You're allowed to work at the pace you need to work. You're, you're, the expectation is still you do the work. And you're given that freedom and there's a sense of trust and, and engagement and probably endearment to that, that I'm not sure we had before. And so. No, and, I, and that's what EOS does. EOS does that. That's the system because wh where are you measuring productivity? Well, the scorecard is one. All right. Now, where did that scorecard get there? It did not come from the top down. It wasn't, here's what you have to do. It came from working together with my department, with my leadership team, working together to come up with what are our expectations? What will we do? Which means what will we commit to doing? Yep. And then, and then, you know, that's what the scorecard comes up with. And we're not looking for 100% compliance. We're looking for 80%. 80%. And the other thing that EOS provides is the ability for every single role within your company to know how they contribute. Yes. Um, from the person who answers your phone to the person who takes out the trash to the person who moves new business applications from one slot to the next, everyone should understand where they fit in, how they fit in. And when you know that your contributions are adding X whether it's dollars or resource or time to the company, there's a sense of number one, you feel much more connected to the role and to the company. And more importantly, you know exactly what your contribution is. And we all like to feel good about contributing. And that's one of the things I love the most about EOS is that it, it allows everyone to see that their role is as important as the person sitting next to you. Well, think about, think about the story, which I always thought was a personal moral story. But now I see it as an organizational story. Go down to the NASA, the NASA, uh, you know, Cape Canaveral, walk in and, and here's three people that you walk around. One is, well, what, what are you doing? Well, I am working, uh, to, to maximize the, the oxygen and, uh, uh, you know, the oxygen and, and the, 
uh, kerosene mix in the rocket. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me about it. And you listen to it. And somebody else, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm managing this spreadsheet here because, you know, all those guys up in Washington, they want to know what's going on with our money and how that, oh, that's interesting. And you go to the guy who's sweeping the floor and you say, well, what are you doing? He says, I'm putting a rocket on the moon. The quarterly conversations, that's, the, the, that's where you have the all company. This is, remember, this is our core values. This is where we're going in the next 10 years. This is how we're going to get there. And here's some examples of people who participated in that. This is what we did last quarter. This is where we're going next quarter. That, to me, makes meaning. And that's where people, that's where we're so hungry right now for meaning. You bet. And that's where the EOS system for us, that has uh, been one of the best things since we've implemented EOS. And one of the things I'm um, super excited about in the future, as we talked about, if you're running on EOS, it does allow you to, um, to manage differently. I think the expectations are different. And so I'm really not nervous about moving into this new world of having people work remotely. I think it's actually going to add to the value of not only the EOS system, but it's going to add value to our company, much as EOS has done. And if you perform it correctly, the roles of your managers and leaders will change and they'll adapt with new tools and new ways to manage. And ultimately, I do believe that our output, what we're, what we're, what we're working on is actually going to um, exceed and do more than my expectations are today. Absolutely. And that's been true every, in every instance that I've experienced when, when people begin to turn the table from, here's what you have to do, here's what I want you to do, to Help me to understand where do you want to be 10 years from now? What is your goal three years from now? Where do you, what is it that, how can I help you get there? A story for you. Once had a company uh, working with, and the sales manager came to me and said, after, after one of our meetings, that he said, well, you know, I got a problem here. I said, okay, what's the problem? He said, well, you know, you, you told us that we should be asking people what they wanted to do. I said, yeah, that's a good thing. He said, well, here's my problem. We got Johnny is he is absolutely the best customer service person that we've ever had. And of course, you know, our company, we have a lot of complaints from people because they don't understand exactly what we did and how we do it. But a lot of complaints. But he said in five minutes, he can take a person who is irate and turn him into a raving fan. I said, well, that's tremendous. What's the problem? He said, well, I asked him what he wanted to do. And he said he wanted to become a hairdresser. <laughs> and I said, uh, well, okay, what's the problem? He said, well, tell me, how do I keep him on as the customer service person? And you know what I had to say? You don't. You don't. You, you don't. He said, I said, you have, you have two choices right now. One, you can fire him immediately or... You can help him get to where he wants to get to. And you can begin by asking him, how long will it take you to make this transition? And I said, I'll bet it takes some time to learn and get a license and find a place. He said, I said, you may have six months or so. And I said, you can do two things in that time. Number one, you know, you can, his productivity will go up in your, if you're supporting him, his productivity will go up even higher. And I said, secondly, 
you know what you're looking for. You know what a GWC person, somebody who gets it, wants to do it, and has the capacity for it, you know what that looks like. you got the template. You can go find that. And if you have enough time, you can put them in place, and Johnny will train that person to be the best they can be. Now, it's your choice. Fire him or make the best of it and support him in his transition. But that, to me, is the most exciting part when we release all the potential that people have, because where are they most productive? Doing what they love doing, that they want to be doing. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, Interestingly enough, so I authored a book called Lead Lead, Don't Manage. And part of the thesis of that book is exactly what you said, a famous Zig Ziglar quote of, if you help people get where they want to go, you get where you want to go. And it is Mm -hmm. amazing to me in my career where I have really strived is when I knew those that were invested in my success, whether that was Mm -hmm. within the four walls I was at or not. When you know you have someone who wants you to succeed, regardless of where you end up, you you become endeared to them. You become you become much more productive. Much you have much better feelings about your work environment, and that really is a, a, one of the reasons for the book. Was I do believe that middle management is left out of that type of training and that type of knowledge, and EOS does provide um, a line of sight into that and to um, really getting into. How someone can lead someone as opposed to just watching their time. And that's yeah. what we that's what we're taught, right? You, hey, you're a manager, and you're a manager because you've done your job really well. And now right. you have to now you keep up with someone's PTO. Um, right. That's right. not leading them. That's well, I can tell them. you this is what I did. This is how I succeeded. Just do it my way. You bet. <laughs> you bet. So well, it that's has, what I find so powerful about, about teaching. LMA, lead, manage, which creates accountability. And, and that whole book that, that Renee Bohr and Gino wrote on how to be a great boss. I mean, not only reading that book, but actually doing what that book says. It's, it's, it's simple. It's very simple. Not always easy, but very simple. No, and I think it's going to become even more important, circling back to the conversations we were having earlier as the world changes to whatever it's going to change to, those fundamental ways that we um, lead people, we motivate people, we help someone get to where they want to go are are going to become increasingly more important. So it's interesting that the farther we get away from working with people, the more important it is to get to be with people, right? Is to learn how to manage people and how to lead them um, because it is going to, we are going to see some challenges with that, um, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And some, and some rocky, I think we'll have some rocky situations, but in the end, I, I think people will feel much more fulfilled. And like we had said before, you're going to get what you want or how you want to live much differently today than, than I think we even did two years ago. Yeah. You know, what I find interesting is, uh, uh, I was ta- talking to a, a friend of mine the other day who's in the process of becoming one of my clients. And we've known each other for, for a number of years, but we were talking about how many people have moved from Southern California to uh, Boise, Idaho, or to Montana. 
And there was this undercurrent of, oh, my goodness, look at all these people that are leaving. And then it dawned on me, well, wait a minute, for everybody who is leaving, they're only leaving because, you know, when they can sell their house, right? Oh, well, that means somebody has bought their house (laughs) at the level, you know, this, this, you know, this high level of real estate value. So it's not like all of a sudden we're losing something. (laughs) It's like, it's it's like when you pull a great fish out of the water, the next one in line moves in. So it's it's an interesting, interesting change. Plus, just think about all of the people who've lived in California and have moved to Texas, to Boise, to Nebraska. You know, you can't take the California experience out of their lives. No, that's for sure. There's going to be some significant cultural and political shifts in this country in the next five to 10 years. You bet. Totally agree. It's interesting. It's exciting. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for being here. Now, I presume that where you are, you're not looking for more consumers to buy in, but you, chances are you're looking for uh, more of the quality of people in that 5,000 that's going to succeed, right? You bet. Uh, Our number one customer is the financial professional who helps the consumer. Yep. That's our target. But but you only work in Georgia, right? No, we work in every single state nationwide. Uh, So we are uh, the home office is out of Des Moines, Iowa. But we would love to talk to any financial professional that wants to represent the hundreds of companies that uh, we offer for both individually underwritten life insurance and annuity products. So who is the ideal candidate to be one of your brokers? Um, Anyone in financial services who visits with individual customers who wants to provide either a legacy through life insurance or who wants to help their customers with uh, retirement income through individual annuities. And that's the the main focus of what we do is uh, retirement planning and legacy planning. And, and and I hope that you're 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 going to tell them to remember there's no such thing as retirement. It's only what's your next big, hairy, audacious goal. Audacious goal. Project, you bet. Contribution. You bet. Or a yeah, quick death. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Mark, this has been great. How would they get in touch with you? So markwwilliams.com, email address, uh, Mark uh, Williams at BI on LinkedIn. Or please reach out directly at Brokers International at 800-362-1097. Excellent. So, Mark, you open to a further conversation about how you're experiencing EOS. You bet. Anytime. Love to chat about it. Right. All right. That's wonderful. So this is another example. Uh, in California, we talk about how businesses thrive in California. But the reality is, just because you're on the 405, doesn't mean you're limited to the 405 because now we are global whenever we push the Zoom button. So another example of how businesses in California thrive. Fantastic. You've been listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. 